and away. Hey folks, buckle up. Good to be with you. Um, Itaki. So the session today starts to dive into um, it's the first of three transmissions that um, go where we've never gone before, right? So um, these teachings have not gone so deeply into monadic development and how the core, the monadic core of our being grows, unfolds, relates, deepens, transmits, and develops in power as these transmissions that we're now entering focus on. So, um, yeah, so it's really, it's, it's, it's new territory. So let's just have a little alignment, first of all. So I'm ready to just find a posture. Just let your presence settle. Let your mind, your emotions, and your body arrive just as they are. And take a couple of deep breaths down into your belly. So just to begin, if it is your will, I invite you to just make yourself available to the ecstatic current of spirit through your core. Just make yourself available as if you were walking out into an open field alone. just available to be hit by lightning. And just make it clear within your own experience that that comes first right now. Everything else to the side right now. Just tuning in to your, to your call to come fully alive and to be fully lived. Putting that first right now. And then feel in, what are you ready to give up for this? 
what are you ready to give in to this? What are you ready in a ritual, in your own inner being, to offer up to your own black hole core to be eaten? To be consumed? What are you done with? So just feel from the way you relate to yourself, the way you relate with others, the way you show up in the world. What are you done with needing to unfold more of your individual self and its experience and actually you're just willing to offer that up to your core? Whatever that is in your being, however much of your life, whatever particular pieces you're done with, just acknowledge that within your own being and inwardly just offer that into the core of your heart where your black hole spirit core is anchored. Offer it up to the fire, knowing that nothing real can ever be burned away. And then I invite you to just be, but let your being be available for your identity to be penetrated by the one life of the earth itself. Just as if you were calling in letting that deeper life know that your heart and your soul, your identity is available to be penetrated and to have the revelation of who you are at a deeper level reveal itself.
So just stay there in the offering up of even your identity. Demanding, calling in. Remaining available for a deeper life to wake up through you, the life of the earth and even the life of the cosmos. And deep breath. And you can let that go. Okay. Big picture, folks, big picture, okay? So big picture, long view. This body of teachings has been doing its thing in the world for about 150 years. And it's basically dedicated to a single mission, right? And that is the building of a bridge between the superhuman kingdoms where Buddhas transmitting the cosmic electric vibratory purpose at the core of the entire earth process can pour that transmission through human beings into the earth and into our culture and into our society for a radical transformational shift that allows us to move through a collective initiation, update what's happening on the planet and move into an entirely new phase right? That's the, that's the game that's on. Okay. So this tradition in a way I find super fucking cool is actually different to the majority of other traditions. The majority of other traditions are actually meant to be conveyor belts, right? Everlasting, long lasting conveyor belt. Yeah. A person entering the tradition starts off at the beginning and it just takes them all the way through. Right. And hopefully they stick around for as long as possible because they can take as many beings through those conveyor belts as possible, right? This tradition is not meant to do that. This tradition is deliberately temporary. This tradition has explicitly said that if it is successful in its mission, it will be destroyed in the flames of its own realized destiny, right? It's said that if it fulfills its mission, the current of life force that will move through humanity will actually mean that this is not needed anymore. And it's also deliberately given, this isn't for everyone, like, and it's not meant to be. It's for a group of beings who deeply resonate with this. And actually at the core of the mission is the emergence of a group and the emergence of a group by 2025, and the emergence of a group by 2025 
who can handle and transmit monadic energy and not just monadic energy who are members of humanity because they are integrated and present in their humanness who are also members of hierarchy because they are awake to who they are as souls they know who they are as souls and they are channels for the dark light transmission of shambhala because they're open to their own monadic core they are inhabiting and embodying all three major planetary centers in themselves through their own integration right and they're a group and they're a group who have gone deep with each other they have opened to each other so that they have monadically related in a way that we're going to go into more deeply next week where they fused their monadic cores into a single supermassive black hole that can transmit energy from shambhala into humanity so these teachings are training for that there's a piece in this particular transmission where dk says these teachings are given out now because by the time 2025 comes around that group must be ready to roll that group must be ready to be part of the bigger process that it needs to play its its part in and actually that kind of prophecy and teaching and invitation about a group has been part of these transmissions going back and going back and going back Bruce and I were having a conversation last night and we were talking, just remembering like there's this particular like piece, there's this one passage in one of the Bailey books and it's like, you know, it begins, see you therefore the need for the emergence of a group that dot, dot, dot. And he basically says this, he's like, do you get it? Do you see now there needs to be a group that emerges by this time who embody in themselves monad, soul, personality and embodiment and who have created their own integration as a result of them throwing themselves into the deep fires of fully living and going hard into their truth and offering themselves up to the wider planetary process to play their part in the wider process and that group may not be a super large number of beings but he's very clear in this transmission do not underestimate do not underestimate the potential transformational effect of a group of beings who can be a channel for the energy of dark light, dark light spirit. And especially when they're linked up with the core purpose reservoir of dark light energy on the planet, which is Shambhala, which is itself linked up with the cosmic senses. So in service of that process, in service of that actually happening, right? Um, these transmissions are going into how do beings develop and grow their monadic core and why not the soul and personality thing because we don't need to do that anymore because the other transmissions and the other parts of this tradition have done that right so um all the stuff i'm not saying i don't need to do that anymore you don't need to do that anymore probably all need to do that a bunch more and that's been covered right so particularly in the bailey stuff um and some of the earlier material it's just like they've they deeply go into what it means to awaken to who you are as a soul and to uncover your soul purpose and then to infuse and flow your soul energy all the way through your embodiment and to integrate your higher and lower chakras and to um yeah really come online as a soul like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages like dedicated to that work and decades and decades and decades of beings who've been in that so this is the next piece 
and it's to do with the monadic opening and the monadic development and um and how that works so so he starts off by saying like what is a singularity and and basically all this is working with the understanding that magically wonderfully the outer cosmos is an outer representation of what we are you've heard me say this before like the emerald tablet tablet of hermes this amazing um piece of stone that was the way that the egyptologists learned how to translate the egyptian hieroglyphics because it had old egyptian hieroglyphics on it and also the ancient greek so they were like wow okay we can decode this stuff now and it was an ancient tablet of hermes the laws of hermes which the ancient egyptian god thought and of course you know the ancient hermetic axiom which is at the core of all esoteric teaching whether it's ancient egyptian or tibetan buddhist or trans malayan or whatever as above so below as above so below so is the structure of the cosmos so is the structure of me of this multi-dimensional being right so is the structure of you so we work with these and these symbols of like the black hole is like a, a, a an outer representation of the mysteries of what a monad is the sun is like a, an outer representation for the mysteries of the soul the earth is like an outer representation for the mysteries of the body so when we go deep into the black hole cosmology we don't just do so because we're super psyched about science right we do so because we're learning about what a monad is like we're we're translating yeah so um a crazy thing about black holes which physicists tear their hair out about and argue about but it just seems to be the case and everyone kind of goes a bit crazy about it and no one's really worked it out still but it just seems to be that way is that they have a singularity at their center and a singularity is a point an infinitesimally small point where um the mass and the density of the black hole are concentrated well, yeah concentrated to an infinitely um dense point and basically the reason that it fucks physicists head so deeply is because what we have there is the presence of the infinite and physics doesn't allow the presence of the infinite nothing is infinite in physics right and yet that's what we have we have the presence of the infinite and that's an outer symbol for what a monad is the monad the monad is it is the presence of the infinite it's the part of your core where you are one with the one life of the universe itself where you are the infinite right where you are the affirmation of the eternal and absolute one here so you know he goes into a whole bunch of stuff to do with understanding you know like there's a there's a monad there's a black hole core at the core of everything like certainly at the core of all life and the black hole dark light energy in the monad of an ant is the same dark light as that at the core of a supermassive galaxy but they just have vastly different masses right so it's just a vastly different scale of power and purpose and identity but the but the energy is the same it's a tear in space and time from the manifest and relative world into the infinite so at your core monadically is a tear in space and time is a tear in space and time from the manifest dimension into the infinite 
into the infinite one. And that's at the core of your soul. And it's at the core of your body mind. And yeah. So um, so he then he then makes another point, and you know, there's 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 a bunch of stuff we could go into, but like he basically says like um, he's gonna give a kind of radical new piece of information, which is just like, just as human beings differ in their level of soul development and human beings differ in their levels of uh, personality integration, human beings also differ in their levels of monadic development, right? And he says, and this is stuff we all get, right? As far as the personality and soul piece. So it's like some human beings have really gone hard on developing and unfolding their personality life and they founded three businesses on four on four continents or whatever that's impossible but like they founded a bunch of shit in the world yeah they've unfolded themselves they've done stuff they've they've grounded things manifested things dot 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 a lot of it yeah but maybe they haven't opened to their soul one day in their life on a really deep level and it's simultaneously possible that there are people in the world who have gone deep into unfolding who they are as a soul and who've done minimal personality externalization work, right? So I know for myself, like I can definitely, I've definitely come into contact with many people in my life who've externalized and manifested a bunch of successful shit in the outer world with their personality life way more than I have, you yeah? But, you know, I've also known a bunch of people where I've done more soul work and you probably have your own versions of this, yeah? And he says like the monadic piece is kind of, is, it can be similar. So, and then he links this to um, the tendencies, the general tendencies, the willful focus of the three different types of monads. So we, we're talking about first ray, second ray, and third ray monads. And so this is another big piece of teaching. So he's starting to get into stuff he hasn't really gone deep into in the past. Of what's the difference? How does this show up differently? These different types of, of monads. And um, so we all know that we have soul rays, right? And we have personality rays. So, you know, some of you folks on this call, we've done sessions and work before around what your soul rays are, what your personality rays are and so on. And, and the monad has a ray as well, but it's not one of the seven, it's one of the first three. So it's either first ray, second ray or third ray. And the very large likelihood is, is that it's second or third because there's very few first ray monads. Um, so, um, yeah, so he says, and they, they have different kinds of focus. So he says the general tendency of third ray monads is um, to develop the body mind and develop the body mind and develop the body mind and develop the body mind. Right. You know, it's to really like, that's where the energy flows to. That's the focus. And the general tendency of secondary monads is soul development, soul development, soul development. That's the depth. That's the layer of the being that they tend to prioritize. And the general tendency of first ray monads is monadic development. They focus on developing their monadic core. And of course, you know, a bunch of you guys would have seen me do a post on this the other day. Like there's, there's healthy versions and imbalanced versions of any of those options, right? So a healthy version of, um, 
you know, a secondary monadic tendency to really unfold more and more of their soul development is they unfold more and more of their soul development so that it expands increasingly and includes more and more of their multidimensional being, which actually leads to their soul becoming a bridge between spirit and matter. And they're linking these two tantric poles of the cosmos, right? That's like a healthy version of what a secondary monadic destiny would be, but an, you know, a slightly less integrative version would be that actually they focus on soul development and to kind of to the exclusion of spirit or matter they actually that's something they they have a, a reluctance to surrender and he says that about third ray monads that the fact that we have so many third ray monads on the planet um expresses in how so many beings in our culture are just all about material outer world development, material outer world development, material outer world development. And actually there's a deep reluctance to set, to surrender to soul. And there's a deep reluctance to surrender just even deeper into spirit. You could say like, that's a kind of unhealthy version of third ray development. The healthy version would be to express everything that needs to be expressed through the body mind and through our material lives so that we kind of come to a point of exhaustion and like, right, done that, yeah? So now I can breathe into something deeper, yeah? Rather than an addictive kind of like more, 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 yeah? And with like first monadic development, you could say like, you know, the healthy version of that would be to, to they, those beings will go, they will want to go first to developing and swelling and deepening their monadic core that be uninterested in other stuff in the same way, but a healthy version of that cycles circles back. So that energy will then start to penetrate and electrify their consciousness and their body. Unhealthy development is that they kind of sideline and reject that consciousness and their body development. Yeah. So right now, what I want to invite you guys into is I want to just put you in small groups and I, I want to invite you into the, um, just the contemplation. How are you doing in your personality, your soul, in your monadic development? How, how, do, how would you describe where you're at with that? Like, would you say, um, I feel like I have a deep sense of who I am as a soul and my personality is a fucking mess. Like, or would you say, like, um, I feel pretty solid in who I am as an integrated personality and I feel really vulnerable to share. I have no idea who I am as a soul, you know. Or would you say, like, you know, um, yeah, whatever the versions, you know, you can, you can work out all the multiple other possibilities. Like, so just, you know, when I'm talking about your personality, I'm talking about your your mind, your emotions, and your body. This is your, your vehicle in the world, yeah? Your soul is not your mind. Your soul is not your emotions. Your soul is not your body. Your soul is your transpersonal, deeper, who you are as a journeying spiritual being. To get all super new agey, it's who you are as a light being, right? Like it's who you are as, as, as a sphere of deep consciousness and light that's moving through incarnations and incarnations and incarnations into deeper expressions of love and service and purpose. And um, yeah, and who you are as a monad is beyond your identity. 
and beyond my identity. It's a tear in your core into the electric vibration of the one. Yeah. So I know for myself, like I, um, I, you know, some people go, some people spend a long time in their life unfolding personality development. And then if, if they're lucky, they'll have some kind of crisis that happens. And maybe that'll be like a midlife crisis type of situation. They bought the Porsche. Things were still not quite what they wanted. You know, it did not satisfy that gaping existential hole in their heart. Um, and they realized, wow, actually, wait, there's a whole deeper part of me that I need to connect to. You know, I need to connect to my soul. And they then go on a soul journey and they have to rearrange like a bunch of their lives. Like maybe some folks here have done that. And I know I've been to a bunch of retreats where some of the people there are like, in, you know, they're in that. Like, yeah, I need to really rearrange my life. I've woken up to soul and now I need to change it. Right. And, you know, or you do what, what, what I did, which is like I came into life, didn't see much on the personality world menu that interested me and um, wanted to really remember who I am as a soul and didn't want to do anything until that was clear to me. Right. And so, um, yeah. And then, and then once the person has a sense of who they are as a soul, then it's like, okay, now, now let's deal with the personality realm and see what wants to happen there, you know? Um, or it can also be monadic. You know, I think I've had a, a bit of that as well. So yeah. So I'm going to invite each of you to have two minutes and I invite you to share where are you at as far as how you experience your personality state of your personality unfolding, the state of your soul unfolding, the state of your monadic unfolding, if these things mean anything to you. And it's okay if they don't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do we have any questions? No? Okay, cool. So... Okay. Okay, I'll give you all the instructions how I usually do and I'll see you soon. Totally makes sense. Okay, yeah. we're back. Yeah. Hey everyone. Okay, still a couple of people coming back. Okay. So let's start to have a bit of a harvest. How, how was that? What came up for you? Does anyone feel comfortable to nakedly reveal the state of their multidimensional being? Because <laughs> that was a no. 
one at all. <laughs> yeah, I think what came up in, in my career was this egg. I'll just go for it. Um, is that is that hunger for depth that we were all like feeling that the the personality um, development? Yeah, for, for for me, the personality development was never very interesting. It was interesting for like my fear based personality and like scarcity mentality, but never to actually. I wasn't actually interested in it. And I still struggled to with labeling what soul is and what soul is about from an experiential level. But um, the human yeah. topic, if I can, if I can interrupt, like because you you had a reasonably successful kind of personality life before you you deepened into soul, right? Well, from an outer, yeah, there was a lot of suffering, but on on the outer yeah. thing, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. But there wasn't a pursuit to develop it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and the the fascination for depth. Um, I feel like that I wouldn't even call it soul development, though. Like I don't even know if I'm interested in soul development. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah, it's hard to describe. But. Thank you, Matilda. Um, I would say that like, my personality has a lot of successes, but they became really boring. Like immediately as I got something, it was just boring. And almost the same with the soul. Like <clears throat> when I manifest some kind of a part of my soul purpose, and I really kind of understand like, this is a bigger vision, whatever, it's just boring. There's something else. And right now they kind of, the personality and the soul are barely holding it all together i mean surviving and it feels like they're kind of trying to hold the channel for something else to come through and really expand them yeah. really make them uh really make them kind of powerful in the outer world mm. just inner world is really really good i'm totally okay with whatever's going on like mm. emotions fine mind fine so purpose fine but in the outer world kind of wants to really expand and it expands from the uh, not from themselves but from something deeper yeah yeah thank you anyone else yeah, uh, yeah. um I, I don't have a, a very clear <laughs> Uh, picture. Uh, I feel that my personality is nice and good enough and accepted in the society well, but like financially, materially, I could do much better if I put more effort there. I was thinking, I was doubting a lot about uh, the magnetic expression because I'm not sure if I'm in contact with that. I could imagine some some flickering or sparks, but I would doubt that experience. So I'm shaky about going there. Mm -hmm. I would feel that that I'm into soul connection. Soul connection. 
um, that connection beyond words, beyond the form, but in this knowing of each other. Mm -hmm. But then I don't have this much of this kind of a connection, so that makes me suspicious. Mm -hmm. And it like it's like um, I'm ready to let go of a lot of things to get to some point that is magnetizing mm -hmm. me, and I'm doing this like the search for essence, whether it's like my children's upbringing, education, or what should I do in the world myself? Mm. Yeah, I'm confused. And the essence is kind of maybe around the monad, but. Mm. Okay, thank you, Cassia. Okay, so I just want to. Um, I had an interaction with Taki with, where, during the time you were doing that, where I want to kind of um, clarify, you know, what he basically says, like, there's a difference between like the healthy versions of the first ray, second ray, and third ray monads kind of including, either excluding or including the other layers of the being, body, mind, soul, spirit, and their kind of ultimate destinies. So really it's like the ultimate destiny of first ray monads to just basically be in transmission of Shambhala purpose, like to just be in transmission of Shambhala purpose. That's just, that's the fulfilled destiny of a first ray monad. And actually some of the stuff we're going to go into in a minute. A second room monad is, is basically about like blowing up from the inside soul development, like really like igniting the soul fields of beings, like igniting the electric pulse of love, which is at the core of all souls um, throughout, the, throughout the global soul field. Yeah? And it's the kind of the destiny of third ray monads to be the force of manifestation. Like to be the force of what embodies, what grounds, and what manifests the deeper pulses of love and purpose um, from the inner planes. So I just wanted to mention that because it's a, maybe it's a helpful piece. Okay, so now I want to get into the second um, kind of big topic here, right? So he goes into saying, once again, if we want to understand monads, let's look at black holes. Right. So, and he says, so we want to talk about monadic development. So now what we're talking about is how do you, Agatha, Riza, Mauritia, all of you, me too, in our big monadic party, how do we more deeply unfold that depth of our being? Right. And he says, if you look at black holes, there's three ways that black holes grow. Yeah. One way they grow is by eating the light and matter that falls into them yeah they eat like you know have you ever heard like um you know in uh, astrophysics they talk about some black holes as um as feeding like this black hole is currently feeding yeah so um that's when the, the, the light and the matter that is and the dust that is and the gases that's swirling around their center, they, they're eating that. It's falling into their core. Um, so that's one way. And he says that that corresponds to like the third aspect, like the matter aspect way of black holes dilating. And he uses the word dilating for growing. So like, what does dilation mean? Uh, the pupil in your eye dilates, yeah? 
when you're really like shocked or alive with something or you've done a bunch of ecstasy or MDMA or, you know, like whatever it is that's lighting you up and your, your eyes dilate, like your pupils dilate. What does that mean? They, they grow wider, right? And there's more like here, yeah? So he, and, and, you know, it's part of these teachings that the mysteries of what we are in the cosmos and all the good stuff is, 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 is in the way the cosmos is built from black holes to the way an eye exists, like, you know, the structure of an eye. Yeah. So, um, so he talks about black holes growing in terms of black holes, like uh, monads growing in terms of like monads dilating. And he is making the point that, okay. Yeah. So, uh, okay. We'll go there in a minute. So, um, so he says one way that monads grow is through consuming, like uh, a black holes grow through consuming the, the light and the matter that they're surrounded by. And the, the monadic version of that for you or for me is what we did at the beginning of this meditation, which is like, what are you done with? Like what has completed its cycle of manifestation? What do you not need to learn again in relationship? Yeah. <laughs> What do you not need to learn again in terms of what you choose to do in, in terms of your work or purpose in the world? What do you not need to learn again in terms of the way you relate to yourself? What are you done with? Yeah. And that can be something, you know, that like, well, I lived it all the way through. I had the 10 relationships that all went that way and learned the lesson in the end. And now I'm done with that. Or it can be, I did it once. And actually I realized there's something I want way more. Right. So, you know, either way, I'm done with it. Like I'm offering it up into my core and I want something deeper and I'm demanding something deeper and I'm not moving until I get something deeper because I'm living for something deeper. Right. So that's one. Two, the way that black holes slash monads grow is black holes fuse. Yeah. Black holes. Um, we have a supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy, not because it's always just been so big, but because many, many black holes have fused. And when black holes fuse, they become one black hole. Yeah. So it's not like suns that come together and orbit each other in some kind of dualistic romance, right? It's they fuse into one thing. Yeah. But it's bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So the monadic version of that is monadic relating. So there's been a lot of stuff in the field recently around like monadic relating. So it is, you know, when we are drawn to open that depth of our being to others and to share that with others so that we actually have the experience of falling through each other into the one. And it's a palpable, alive, vibratory experience that as I feel that core in me open and in you, I know there's just one of us here. Monadic yeah. relating. And then the third way is what he calls like monadic infusion. And that is like, he says, this is a way that he says like scientists don't actually understand this yet. That they will as far as black holes work, but he says it's, we're not there yet. But he says it's, they actually are fed from inside. There's something that we're not capable of detecting yet, which is feeding them from within. And he says the monadic version of that is your choice or my choice as a monad to allow my being to be penetrated by a deeper, wider, fuller, and greater life. 
Yeah. So, and this is the piece that he focuses on in this teaching. And for me, like, this is one of the key mysteries of power, like of what power, true power really is at the monadic level, right? So, okay. In another teaching, he draws the, and actually this is a weird thing because Bruce never published this and I don't know why, right? I, I have thoughts about that sometime. It came through the original Mercury transmissions and this bit was never published, but it's super deep. Um, but it's basically where DK says that there's a correlation between mass and purpose, yeah? So a black hole, like that's just a regular black hole that's floating through our galaxy and isn't holding point for a galaxy, has a vastly lower mass than the mass of the black hole at the core of our galaxy, which has a mass of 4 billion solar masses. That's like the mass of 4 billion of our suns. Now, that's a lot, right? And at the same time, the biggest black hole that's known so far is called Tun 168 or whatever, and it's got a mass of 66 billion solar masses. That's a big, big thing, right? Now, why is this important? Because mass warps space and time. The more mass you have, it warps space and time, right? It means that just by, if I'm that black hole, if I'm ton 168, I'm just sitting here. I'm just doing my thing. And the, but the mass of my being is massively warping the entirety of the space and time around me. So it is flowing in conformity with my being. Yeah. Now the monadic version of this is mass corresponds to purpose, right? So think about it. If you have, um, like, what is the purpose mass in the mon in the monadic core of an ant? Yeah. Less, unless it's a very special ant, than the purpose mass of a black hole monadic core of Christ. Yeah. That's a bigger purpose mass. So, and what's the difference between Christ as the purpose mass in the court monadic core of Christ and the purpose mass in the galactic logos? Yeah. It's the same dark light at the core of all of these beings, but a vastly different purpose mass. Now, if mass corresponds to purpose and we have bigger purpose masses, then bigger purpose masses mean more warping of the space and time of the field. So we're getting into the mysteries of power now. Okay, These are the mysteries of monadic power. And the mysteries of monadic power are about how you warp fields of space and time. And of course, when we're talking about monadic purpose, what we are talking about here is effortless, transformational ignition and evolution of the fields that we're surrounded by simply through being. Yeah. So the black hole at the core of our galaxy has enough mass to hold a field for a hundred billion suns to be born and grow, evolve, develop, and die. It's just being. But its mass is that strong. It's a quality of its being that it can hold that field. Yeah. Can I hold that field? No. Can our very magical ant hold that field? Likely not, right? But that can because it has that mass, okay? So 
what this is where there's a difference between this is where he talks about the difference between monadic development between human beings and it's about their mass it's about their purpose mass and it's about the purpose mass that they're plugged into yeah so you can grow your mass you can grow your purpose mass which means you can grow your power just by by opening to be penetrated by a deeper life that's holding more mass right so the core life of the earth the one life of the earth is holding a bigger purpose mass than me yeah or you but what monadic infusion is this first way of black holes grow monads grow by being fed from the inside we're not talking about monadic relating now we're not talking about monads growing from feeding on what we're done with we're talking about this one way we go into the other ways next next two weeks but this first way is how willing am i to let my identity be penetrated by a greater identity because that identity on a monadic level identity on a monadic level is simultaneously purpose and life force transmission they're one thing empty identity purpose life force transmission that's what monadic energy is right so if i'm opening to my core like my monadic core you know monad's a pretty fucking special thing yeah and if i open to that it's very clear oh i've opened to the dark light essence of my being which is revelatorily obviously the same as the dark light essence of everything but actually that's different from having my monadic core then penetrated by the monadic core of the earth itself the monadic energy of the earth itself there's an entirely different scale of power that starts to come online because i start to be fed with the purpose mass of the of the one life of the earth and what does that mean it means my mass grows right and actually the monadic core of john if that's what's happening then starts to have more purpose mass what does that mean the monadic core of john starts to hold a bigger field effortlessly there's just a field that starts to happen around such beings and what's happening in that field just like in the galaxy suns and planets are being born and living and evolving and dying so also in such of the field of people who have monadic mass purpose mass our souls being born and evolving and supernovaing and dying into their own spirit core right so you could say this is kind of how masters are made right so there are beings who emerge who you know and it's part of the initiatory process you know when the being starts to move through the third initiation they start to be a field holder and it just happens it's a, it's a part of the process because they start to have more monadic purpose mass yeah and so a field just starts to kind of happen like around them because what's happening other beings are being lit up in that field into their deeper awakening and so on from the effortless dynamic transmission of whoever that being is who's open to their monadic core and who and and this is the practice here what's the practice of the third way the matter way is just offer it all up just offer it all up just offer it all up i'm done with this offer it up and sacrifice right and the way the second way is monadic relating opening to actually allowing your core to fuse with one or more and more and more others to form a supermassive black hole um 
the first way is I'm willing to offer up my identity to be penetrated by the identity and the purpose of a much greater scale of life. Now, sounds good, right? And yet, identity is a very delicate thing. Most human beings on the planet are developing their identity. Most human beings on the planet are not ready to um, have their identity penetrated. Yeah? So identity is actually like, even psychologically speaking, you could say like our sense of identity is kind of like the, it's like, it, it's like the peg in our self system that holds the rest of it just about together on a good day. Right. You know, so, and it's one, as, as long as that's there, then, you know, we have something, we have a grounding point to develop how I feel about this thing that's happening in my relationship life. And no, I didn't want that job. I wanted this job, but my parents wanted me to have that job, you know, or like whatever. Right. It's like, there's a whole universe of personality development that is possible through the development of a single individual i like this type of food and not that type of food thank you very much self-system right and um yeah and, and that's the same even at the level of soul like that we develop more and more of who we are as a soul and the soul is a much more refined sense of spiritual identity but it's still not the one breaking through us yeah so basically where this goes is um, his invitation. And actually what I will say as well as he says, you know, um, power comes from plugging yourself into the chain of power. And the chain of power is the one stream of life force, dark light, identity, purpose at the core of the galaxy. If you come in our way to earth, then the core of the sun, the monadic core of the earth. And then the thing is, you know, like your monad, I'll tell, we don't really have a choice about this shit anyway, right? Like your monad and my monad, they're already extensions of the one monad of the earth right now. Just imagine like one pool of water that then streams forth in a thousand different little streams. Yeah. It all has the same source. So it's just monadic. There's one like trans-Malayan kind of scholar. He talks about like the process of monadic retraction. Like a monadic retraction is basically where you wake up to the bigger monad that your monad always was and it's just an extension of. Like your monad might is just the vibrating heart core of your being right now, but actually, like this is the path of monads waking up. There's a path of souls waking up, but then there's also a path of monads waking up, and that path is the path of identification, where the monad really said, like, so I'm guessing now. Join me on a little voyage of esoteric guessing in my little world of like you know esoteric speculation about super esoteric stuff. At the sixth initiation, so for masters and beings after the level of masters, it's said that they choose one of the cosmic paths, yeah? 
So they actually choose whether they are going to retrace the line of the monadic emanation that they came in on further and deeper into the cosmos or whether they're going to stay. And one of the part, the seven paths and one of the paths that involves staying on earth in the field of the earth and and staying as a point for the transmission of galactic monadic energy into the earth. And beautiful thing, I'm just going to take you on a journey. Come with me, right? It's said that in the future, there will be a group who unitedly, all of them of these six, six um, initiate beings, six degree initiate beings who unitedly choose to stay, right? And who choose to be point holders for the transmission of monadic, galactic monadic energy into the earth for the full revelation of the cosmic divinity of the earth. So see you there if you're into it, right? But so it's said that for those beings who choose to stay on, on the path of earth service, they go through their path. There's these super esoteric things which are described about what is the path that they, they then go on. It said that their path is a series of identifications, four major identifications. My speculation is they stay on earth, but they wake up more and more deeply along their monadic lines who fuck, oh yeah, I'm the monadic life of the earth. Oh, I'm, I'm my own monadic life. Wait, no, I'm the monadic life of the earth. Wait, no, I'm the monadic life of the solar system. Wait, no, I'm the monadic life of the galaxy. So that they're actually here as the monadic life of the galaxy. And they're here, you know, and that's pouring through them because they are a space for that depth of pure one life transmission. And haven't left. They've done it in like, you know, they're not going like, you know, they're not going into easy town right, which is like ascend and ascend up the currents of the cosmic body, like units of cosmic kundalini onto the higher planes, which it's a bit easier because it's not so distracting, right? They've stayed and they've done that. And by doing that, they become portals for an entirely different level of power. So I hope you've understood what I've been talking about. Like um, basically the essence here is um, if you care about power and if you care about being a portal for power onto the planet, um, you've got to be willing to let your identity be penetrated by a wider and deeper identity. And that will plug you into the chain of power. And the chain of power is a stream of empty dark light power that beings on increasingly vaster, deeper and more profound scales have sacrificed their identity into. My experience of this is it's like the monadic version of the ancestors. Like, you know, it's like when you, um, in a lot of shamanic traditions, you know, it's like connecting to the ancestors, those who've gone before, but on a monadic level, like this chain of power, it's like there's like some kind of informational resonance or remembrance of the beings on vaster and vaster scales going back through time who have like offered themselves into that current of fire to just extend the line of power deeper into matter. The universe is an extraordinary and noble place. So all of this, as I said at the beginning, is about the unfolding of a group who can do this. Yeah, and they won't just do what I've just been speaking about. They'll also do the monadic relating bit and they'll also do the monadic sacrifice bit. 
Yeah. So what he's giving us here are the three ways to grow your monadic core. And yes, we still do our soul work. Yes, we still do our personality work and make sure that when we get super fucking reactive about that thing happening on a Tuesday, that we try and tone it down. You know, or like, you know, work through the stuff that we need to work through and, you know, kind of not shout at that person every time that happens, if it's possible, right? And there's this monadic piece as well, so that those who want to be part of this party by 2025, when that comes around, there is a group who can be a united, he says, connected, aligned, and identified group channel for monadic power from because 2025 is when the Shambhala impact happens. So there is a planetary impact of monadic energy that happens then. So he's like, that's why it's 2025. Um, and he says that the current solstice, the solstice that's coming is a really good, basically like practice run. Like let's start to calibrate. Let's start to learn how to do this right? Those who want to be part of this, let's start to learn how to do this. And he also says, um, I, he says, do not underestimate the transformational possibility, power and impact of a group who are able to channel this energy. It's like, it might not seem like a huge amount that, that you know, like whatever you project, so it's like, do not underestimate the transformational power of a group who can do this. And this entire tradition has been leading towards the supporting of such a group to come forward. So I want to put you in small groups again. And I would like to ask you to just share two minutes each. What comes up for you around the idea of offering up your identity to be penetrated by a deeper life of more voltage, more purpose, mass, more life? Yeah. what happens for you as you fill into that possibility? Is it, but no, thank you, John. I actually don't feel so great about that because I really am just, I'm just learning to be Dave. Yeah. And I'm finally cool with Dave and I just want to do my thing, you know, a little bit longer. And maybe that happens later. Right. Or is it, God, yes, please now. Then I'd even invite you to ask, and this is an important question. Is that because actually there's a part of you that just wants out? Because actually there's a whole bunch of suffering here and all that idea of being penetrated by a deeper life and that life seems free and, you know, it's totally cool. Like, mm, sounds better than this. You know, is it is it because of that? Or is it because something in you knows that the life on the other side of that opening, the life on the other side of that death of your own personal identity is something that you would never be able to taste and know unless you threw yourself into that. Okay. So I'm going to put you back in your uh, small groups and so I'm going to take someone out of Edgar and Katia's group so that we do the numbers right. So you may get moved around. I'll see you soon.
Taiki, are you going to join? I think you are going to join. I hope you join. Go on, please. Darling, I was going to reflect with you now about this set. All right, okay. All right, then I need to, um, I need to move some other people around. One sec. Okay. Right. Um, Just reading people's comments. This makes me fizzle and sizzle. Okay. Just wait for people to come back. <coughs> <laughs> okay um so how was that what comes up for you as you feel into that possibility of your identity being penetrated by a greater life jessica did you want to share uh yes <laughs> um Shy. Um, this is my first time on this teaching, and okay. um, <clears throat> everything was cracked open by Issa. And so, to hear these teachings you just did, um, what I was most present to was the aliveness and energy in my yoni, and like feeling that, and like that there was um, a sloughing off of just the the other teachings and, and things I, I had been led to to study. And I feel a, a very calming presence of surrender. Um, and I was sharing in my group how there was a point a year ago where I was being led down a path that absolutely terrified me. Um, and I, had, I chose to trust and surrender. And what came of it was um, manifestation of my own personalities, desires throughout my life. So it reaches a completion point for me of, okay, yes, I surrender to the next thing because in my surrender to the, the unknown, it brought me completion of what I wanted to manifest. So now there's this um, opening and, and willingness and trust and surrendering to something greater um, and being a, I am a channel and I've been developing that for years. So 
to allow that that as a portal um, and being of service and, and increasing the mass. There's, there's so many points that you shared that are all new to me, and I'm listening into my body and its responses. And what was most alive was my yoni. Cool. Thank you. So, any anyone else on? I I would like to share though. Sure. It feels very natural. It feels like really there's nothing. There's like there's no way back. There is just there's just this this surrender. It's just a very strong pull. And and it's really deeply, yeah, I really feel it's really penetrating through all my ideas and just really being taken. It's like really, it feels like being made love to by the cosmos. Mm. Mm. Like to, yeah, to let go control and surrender to, a deeper, deeper force, a stronger force, and it feels very natural, even when there are layers where it's a bit scary and it's a bit, <gasps> but there's, there's nothing that, that can stop that surrender. Mm. That's how it feels. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Anyone else? Katya. I feel reckless curiosity. Reckless curiosity. <laughs> I feel that that's me who's knocking there. I'm really super curious. How does it feel to be this whole thing and everything yeah. all at once? Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. I'd like to offer something. Mm. Just, just to bring perhaps uh, I don't know if different but uh, alternative yeah view which or a sentiment which is it's uh, right now is terrifying mm. there's been other points in my life where it's been glorious and yes and oh, orgasmic electrifying enlivening and right now is terrifying mm. Like I feel that I'm being asked to let go of what's most sacred to me, and mm. and uh, and it's scary, and to not be at the point where I've been previously of woo yay, it's it's humbling, mm. it's 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 like a death mm. of while still alive, and uh, and what I feel is that it's, it's my soul taken us there. Mm. When you asked previously the previous question. What I felt was, ah, actually, my soul's been operating all my life. I've always been soul-driven. Mm. And, and it's taken us undeniably and relentlessly towards this. And my identity is like, ah, but, but, but I'm still like figuring out my childhood trauma. What the fuck? You know, it's like, fuck. Mm. So, yeah, thanks to all the other ones for the trust and surrender bits that I tell others when they're here to go into. But now I cannot if I... It's not that I can't, it's just, it's terrifying. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Tara. Mm. And just very shortly, because I think I got something as well. Um, 
you know, I'm doing very well as I am now, even in the soul field. So there is no need for me for, you know, to surrender, etc. But there comes a point um, when you attune to the needs of something, uh, when you align with a greater purpose. And it is there, I think, uh, that it comes for love, you know, out of love. It's, it doesn't come for uh, out of, uh, you know, something that you say, even your own little will. Yeah. So I think uh, when that time happens, and it doesn't come very frequently to me, um, mm. there is a willful deep surrender. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you, Martin. One more share, if anyone wants. Yeah, um, in our group um, came up this question, how, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but this, when do I know or who, who decides when it's time to, to sacrifice or how do I know um, when to sacrifice? And for me, it was this moment of like, yeah, you, it's, not, it's not like a moment where you choose A or B. It's like, or maybe it is. It's like, it's either that or, or death. Like it's like a, it's like this moment of either I give myself to this or I'll die. Yeah, or I, yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. I think you know this. What this where this conversation takes us is actually into some of the deeper practice considerations of how you do this like and how you do this healthily because it's a very common experience for people in working with the life force is hell yes let's roll oh my god that yes that deeply calls to my being let's let's go and the life force starts to come online in them and then what gets revealed is a bunch of areas which are like hell no <laughs> like a bunch of areas like I, I can know this for myself like you know for the for years my I could say like my soul and my masculine was like hell yes let's roll right and after a while it became really clear that actually my body and my feminine were like please no you know and they were suffering and carrying a bunch of trauma and I burnt myself with the fire because it wasn't coming through an integrated expression so then you know this is what i talk about is the difference between like immature and mature sovereignty like immature sovereignty is like i'm saying a hell yes from parts of my being but i'm also not really aware that there are other parts of my being that are like no whereas mature sovereignty is like i've done my work with myself enough like i've met myself i've i've healed what needs to be healed within myself through bringing love to places that need love to be brought so that each part of my being is now in a place of sovereignty and as bruce says or dk says in the transmission that comes after this the natural expression of real sovereignty is sacrifice and the way i know that in myself is like when you have parts of yourself that aren't like cowering in trauma or that aren't curled up and cramping in pain, they want more life. Like, of course they want more life. You know, they want to surrender to something deeper. So I just say this because it's like, this is, this is part of the path 
of actually doing this, like how you do this path in a way that doesn't involve bypassing, doesn't involve internal violence, you know, includes the truth of our surrender and our sacrifice, and at the same time doesn't throw parts of us under the bus. And um, so that's a piece of how we need to do things in Shambhala school, and, and that's always an important conversation to have. Um, and just to say, you know, just to comment on, for me, it's like there's a surrender switch. The actual deep yes to this, it's like there's a surrender switch that gets pushed in the soul. And it's like, once that's done, there's no going back. You know? And then it's like the soul enters into like a mating dance with the one. It's just bring this, just bring this, just bring this. And in a certain way, you could say the soul kind of turns feminine there. You know, it's like the soul is externalizing through its masculine, through its purpose. And there's, there's one teaching in the Bailey stuff, which I've always found fascinating, where he says, then the, soul, then the soul turns into the monad, turns inward towards the monad. And he says it becomes the psyche. It becomes the feminine, like that's actually wanting to be penetrated by the monad. So, okay. Beautiful to be with you all. Um, next week, we will go into the monadic relating stuff, um, which is very powerful stuff. And um, yeah, I wish you a good week. And uh, tomorrow, Taki and Celeste and I are running the Gemini full moon meditation, which goes into basically humanity waking up as a penetrated expression of galactic life force, which is our collective destiny in the not too distant future. So if you want to be part of that party, we are on from 6 p.m. until like 8.30 p.m. Berlin time tomorrow. And you can find the link in our uh, events section, Shambhala School. So good to be with you all. Much love. And until next time. Thank you. Gracias. Gracias. Thank you so much. Ciao, ciao.